My name is Michael Cox from the Communications Office at the University of Warwick and today I'm talking to Dr Lorenzo Frigerio from the Biological Sciences Department at Warwick whose work focuses on producing recombinant proteins. Recently he won a Wellcome Trust Translation Award to develop this research further um, particularly with regards to antibody production in plants that can be used to help fight tooth decay. Could you give me a little bit of background on your work and how you've come towards to, to the stage that you are now, please? Um, okay, yes. Um, we have been working on uh, um, plants for a number of years. I've, I've been interested in the plant secretory pathway uh, for the last 10 years, pretty much, and I've been at Warwick for the last seven years. Um, my interest really relies in how uh, plant proteins are um, sorted to different locations within, within plant cells. Um, Plant cells, like animal cells and other eukaryotic cells, um, are kind of compound um, structures where you have a large membrane, and inside the membrane you have a number of organelles. You have the mitochondria for energy, you have the nucleus that contains the genetic information. Uh, in plants you have the chloroplasts that are responsible for photosynthesis, and then you also have um, a number of structures which is uh, um, collectively known as the secretory pathway. Um, this is essentially a protein production factory. And um, this is what the plant is using to make proteins, for example, in the seeds. When the seeds uh, develop, um, they will store large amounts of proteins, which then they will use at the moment of germination. So when the seed germinates, um, because it's under the soil, before it sees the light and begins to make photosynthesis, um, it needs to use to get its energy from somewhere, and it will get its energy from the, the proteins that are, stored, um, that are stored within the secretory pathway. So our original interest was to um, essentially work out how proteins actually get there uh, in this particular um, structures, which, which are uh, protein um, storage um, organelles. Um, by doing so, we have learned um, a number of things, and one of the things we learned is that um, the more we know about how proteins are targeted within the cell, the more we can use this process to convince the plant that we can, that it can express uh, the proteins we want. So, in other words, by um, doing this kind of fundamental research, we have tried to give an applied slant to it. In other words, applying our knowledge of the secretory pathway um, on the production of useful proteins. And uh, we have been using antibodies uh, because this is quite a well-established um, um, model for, for a complex protein. So... Um, we have started with a collaboration with the person who actually pioneered the antibodies in plants work. Uh, his name is Julian Ma. He's an immunologist and he works at St. George's Hospital. So we, we've had a long-standing collaboration with him. And we have taken uh, an antibody of his, uh, which is uh, um, commercially known as CARO-RX, um, which is an antibody that is uh, raised against um, a particular bacterium called Streptococcus mutants um, that causes tooth decay. The idea is that if you take this antibody and apply it to the gums and the teeth, this antibody, after I think a course of about six applications within three weeks, will give protection against tooth decay for a number of months. Um, of course, antibodies are very expensive to make, and using plants to make these antibodies is a very, very cheap alternative for a number of reasons. Um, so this is essentially where I came in. Um, I used some of Julian Ma's uh, plants and um, did a study and essentially had a look at where these antibodies were going um, within the cells.
So you've given a little bit of background information there, uh, which is great. So could you say exactly sort of what the Wellcome Trust Translation Award actually enables you to do and um, which sort of particular area you're going to be developing? Okay, um, yes, the... Um Essentially, all the work with all the background work we did on uh, these anti-2PK antibodies expressed in plants um, led to um, a fairly uh, interesting discovery. And the discovery was that um, this antibody molecule, um, which in um, animal cells is normally secreted, which means it's basically sent out of the cells and therefore can be recovered in the culture medium of animal cell culture, for example. Uh, we were expecting it to be secreted in the plant as well, but that turned out not to be the case. Um, so what we found is that for some strange reason, this antibody, instead of being completely secreted, uh, was actually being sent to an organelle called the vacuole, uh, which effectively acts as a, as a dustbin within the cell. Um, in other words, completely unexpectedly, we realized that um, making this antibody in plants was leading to um, a net loss of antibody to degradation in the, in the vacuole. Um, and of course, this is not good if you want to scale up the production, um, because uh, we, you're probably losing, in the current model, you're probably losing about 30 to 40 percent of the protein to this kind of degradation. Uh, so because we, we've been working for a number of years on uh, uh, what actually sends proteins to different places, we spent about three years trying to work out why this antibody was going to the wrong place, why this antibody was not being secreted but was actually being uh, sent to the vacuole. And what we found was that um, the antibody, by no fault of its own, carries um, a part of the, of the antibody protein carries um, something that the plant recognizes as a signal, essentially like a travel ticket. Um, to go to the vacuole. In other words, this is a signal that the animal cell that normally makes the antibody does not recognize, but the plant cell does. So when you make an animal protein in a plant cell, the plant cell is basically misreading the targeting information. So um, so that was a big problem, essentially, because um, the, the, the point was, how do we get rid of this signal? In other words, how do we um, make sure that the plant does not send uh, this protein to the wrong place. Um, we have done a number of genetic mutations to the antibody protein, and we have found, finally, after after a number of uh, fairly painful attempts and quite a long time, uh, we hit upon um, a number of genetic modifications which essentially maintain the antibody as a functional molecule, as we want it, but essentially fool the plant cell, and the plant cell does not send this, this modified protein to the vacuole anymore, but all the protein is secreted. In other words, we can recover pretty much 100% of the protein that's made, which means that if you translate it into, uh, into production, uh, you can probably make twice as much protein as you can make with the original, with the original system. Now, um, this is where the translation award comes in, because, um, of course, most of the work we do is, is lab-based, and we use uh, an expression system, uh, which is not really intact plants, which is what the industry would use. Uh, we use plant cells that we isolate from, uh, from plant leaves. And one of the problems is that you never know whether what you observe in this experimental system correctly mirrors what happens in a whole plant. Um, so um, what we really needed at this point was to validate our technology, our genetic modification in an intact plant. Um, and of course, this kind of work is not particularly attractive to uh, your standard funding uh, agency because there's not much fundamental information to be gained. 
essentially it's just it's just a tweak that you that you apply in order to improve a process in this case production of antibodies so so we found that um, it was um, uh, the Wellcome Trust actually got interested in this kind of, of application because it really basically ticks their boxes in terms of picking up a technology which looks promising on paper but really need a validation needs a validation in terms to be taken to the next productive step, which is um, actually having a whole plant expressing these molecules and um, scaling up the production. So this is exactly what they what they have funded. We have two years now to essentially move away from our favorite lab-based um, expression experimental system um, and try and apply this genetic modification to intact plants and see whether in, in intact plants uh, we still have the same gain. In other words, whether in intact plants you can make, you can recover 100% of the antibody versus only 50 or 60%. This is, am I correct in saying that this is an example of a recombinant production technology whereby you're taking something from an animal, putting it into a plant and then producing the antibody yeah that's right yes okay now what's taking this into if this works and the um this the work is successful can you describe to me sort of how it will be um given to patients what benefits it will offer them so the um, in terms of um, of downstream processing and um and actually clinical uh, treatment uh this would be no different than uh, using an antibody from an animal source um, in other words, um, I think in the past there was uh, this idea that it would be really nice to use plants as an alternative production system for pharmaceuticals because you could, in theory, eat the plant and, and essentially get the pharmaceutical through eating eating the plant. So that was very big in the kind of mid nineties, um, and um, it has it has now become very evident that that's not the way to go. And well, there are several problems associated with that. First of all, you don't want to um, introduce a transgene in an edible plant because the risk is the contamination of the food chain. Uh, the second, and, and therefore, there is a number of very serious regulatory issues that, um, in other words, uh, make, make it almost impossible to develop. And I agree with that, because um, if there is one really good selling point of the technology is that we can use the plants to make a molecule that is identical to the molecule made in humans, um, but at a much cheaper price. So the selling point of the technology is that it's cheap because plants don't require a fermenter. All they require is light, greenhouse space, and uh, and soil really, um, and they and they give a higher biomass. And, and there's a number of, of other good things about the downstream processing. Anyway, um, so people have now moved away from the idea that you could have um, an antibody um, expressed, say, in a strawberry or in a banana uh, to eat that. And also the other problem is, of course, batch-to-batch consistency. You, you never know how much you're making, whether you're making enough and so on. Would there be problems as well with the idea of um, the right amount of dose in something like that as absolutely, well? Absolutely, absolutely. So in, in other words, what you want at the end is that you have a product that's purified, that's a purified antibody, uh, which looks exactly like it would look if it was coming from, a, from an animal cell. So um, in the specific case of the, of the um, tooth decay antibody, the application is actually topical and most of these antibodies or most of the antibodies of a similar structures, there are IgAs, secretory IgAs, um, that are being developed currently are for um, mucosal applications or topical application uh, rather than injection. Um, so, um, so yes, the idea is that you grow greenhouses full of, uh, of these um, transgenic plants. Uh, our model system is tobacco. And the good thing about tobacco is that, of course, the agronomy uh, and all the agricultural practice is extremely well established because tobacco is, uh, despite what people think, is still a very popular crop. Uh, and I think the recent um, um, 
figures quoted by tobacco companies indicate that it's certainly not on decline. So there is the, the agronomical um, practice is all there. Um, there are varieties which are highly productive, and uh, tobacco is, easy, is very easy to make transgenic. So um, it is pretty much a very good plant, and also um, it doesn't grow in the open field in the UK, so there is no problem with environmental contamination. Okay. Um, the idea is you grow, you grow up these greenhouses and then you can freeze dry the tobacco, you can process it on the spot, and the idea is you basically you mash up the leaves and then uh, after two or three purification steps you get the purified antibody. So you've got some kind of like cream, presumably, is that right, to apply to the... Uh, it's probably just, just a, a liquid um, um, solution. What uh, what kind of patients will this be used to treat? Is this people who have actually something wrong with them, or is it more sort of kind of a mouthwash? How you know who who does it benefit? Um, I think um, I'm getting slightly out of my comfort zone here because, of course, the development okay. is something um, is something that I'm not um, particularly aware of. But the um, w- how the technology was envisioned initially, and I think that's still a valid point, is that this would be something that is delivered by a dentist uh, by essentially one sitting. It's something that can be delivered directly to the teeth. Um, for example, if you go and have your teeth checked every six months and uh, you get your teeth polished, say, that's something that would take a few minutes. So it's something that can happily be applied to an existing kind of routine dental appointment. Um, of course, it would be very interesting to um, to incorporate it in things like mouthwashes or um, toothpaste. Um, but I suppose the, the the critical point there is to convince um, companies that that is uh, something they want to do. So in the future, we might be seeing sort of a scale of polish and uh, protect against tooth decay at, at your dentist, perhaps. That that is, that is a possibility. Yes. And how, what sort of time frame do you think we might be looking at before this does come into the uh, market? I, I think the, uh, the the main hurdle at the moment, um, which companies are facing. Uh, this is as far as I know about the companies which are involved in plant-made antibodies really, um, is to overcome all the regulatory issues and in other words to uh, successfully complete clinical trials. Uh, once clinical trials, um, I mean the clinical trials have been performed in the past and published and proven to be, um, and essentially the technology is proven to be safe and to be effective. Um, Finding a product on the market would mean that whoever has developed uh, this technology needs to find some partner who will be able to actually scale the production up. Because if you want to hit the market, you need to have enough doses. So we are talking, you know, we are talking especially if you're looking at the kind of just just the developed world market. Uh, that's a high number of doses. So we are talking about tons and tons and tons of tobacco. Uh, but the thing to remember is that this is something that would not be viable with any other expression system. So there are difficulties with the plant-related system, but it's the only system where you can actually do it. And you talked earlier about the plant system offering huge benefit in terms of reduced cost. So does this mean that this, you did envisage this treatment would be available, say, on the NHS to all routinely, or, or would it be a private? Um, I, I think it's, it's too early to say. Too early to it's too early to say, yeah. No, that's fine. You mentioned that also the plant uh, system is is quite pure. So are there any kind of risks or concerns? I mean, we do hear in the press about, obviously, treatments that go wrong or perhaps any contamination concerns. Well, um, I think think one of the strong points of using the plants is that um, plants essentially are offered as a cheap alternative to to produce something that has already been well-established. In other words, the way I see using plants is to develop existing useful products cheaper 
Okay. So, in other words, in the case of antibodies, there are plenty of clinical trials that have proven that these antibodies coming from animal sources are safe. Um, there is the, the so-called principle of functional equivalence, which means a plant-made antibody will only be approved if it looks exactly like the animal-made antibody and if it functions exactly as the animal-made antibody. And, of course, there is a number of quality control procedures that need to be applied um, at the moment of... Uh, um, of production and purification. So essentially, the, 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 the good practice that you use to make an antibody from animals would be applied to the plant system. In other words, the final product is indistinguishable. Right. So, um, no, in, in that respect, I don't see a problem. And as far as having a GM plant expressing a pharmaceutical um, is concerned, of course, we are looking, as I said, at a, at a plant that does not grow normally in the UK, that would be grown in containment, um, that is not eaten because the buck is not eaten um, so I would say it's pretty safe really any kind of risk to the environment perhaps of these plants any any waste or anything like that uh, again uh, the w- if you develop a complete production plant uh, there will be no release of any transgenic material on the outside world so everything will be taken care of the processing plant uh, where there is a way to manage the waste. For example, you can autoclave the spent plant material so all the DNA will be denatured. So um, I don't see... If this is done correctly, I don't see any problem um, as compared to, say, using fermenters with yeast or um, animal cells. Um, is there any other areas, perhaps, of medicine that your work may apply to? So moving away from tooth decay, uh, what about other other applications? Yes, um, our technology essentially applies to any um, plant-made um, IgA, immunoglobulin A type of antibody. So um, these are, of course, antibodies, uh, mucosal antibodies, uh, which form a pretty powerful barrier against um, a number of uh, pathogens. So... Um, Apart from the mouth application, um, there are other products w- which are in development. Um, we are not. We are only focusing on the caries one, just because it's the best model antibody. But there is uh, there is absolutely no theoretical barrier uh, to actually apply the technology to any other antibody. For example, I can think of um, an antibody that's been developed to prevent um, chemotherapy-induced um, alopecia. Um, there is another antibody that's been developed um, as a first ba- as a, as a nasal spray. Um, as a first barrier against rhinovirus, in other words, the common cold. Um, and, there is a, and there is a lot of interest um, in developing antibodies for um, um, application to um, the vagina, for example, for example, in spermicidal creams against viruses such as herpes. And, um, but we are talking, we are several years behind with this. There is, of course, a lot of interest in uh, um, antibodies which neutralize HIV. And again, the idea is that you would express these antibodies in plants and then incorporate it into some kind of formulation which would be applied to the reproductive um, system. Um, Dr. Fugirio, thank you very much. Thank you very much.